that has no boundaries, no windows where the light of day might shine through. The only light here is that of a single solitary candle, and perhaps the illumination of the mind. If you are fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. everybody. This is Stan Wanglin, one of your co-hosts from the People Under the Stairs. How the heck is everybody doing today? I know my delightful co-host, Paul James Caden, is across town. He's hunkered down under his stairs, awaiting doing our show this evening. And uh, I think without the usual banter that uh, I usually get involved in for a couple of minutes, I think we're going to go directly to the show, and it was a topic that I suggested to Paul, and I was thinking, because you know, we have a lot of conversations about things, and uh, in the course of those conversations, I was wondering with him, I said, I wonder how different society is going to be when this pandemic that we're all involved in is over. You know, we've had things like 9-11. Is the world ever going to be the same again? Yes, it is. After a world war, is the world going to be the same? Yeah, it comes back to pretty much the way that it was when people start fighting. But with this pandemic and a lot of the things that have evolved with this, there's there's big questions. There's big questions, and it depends how you look at it, you know, because everybody looks at it from a different angle. And uh, that is the the uh, the topic of the show tonight. Again, what's the world going to look like? Do, do we think it's going to return to the way that it was? Is it going to be something dramatically different, slightly different, vastly different? I'll leave it with that and say, hello, Paul. How's it going? And what do you think about tonight's topic? You can take a spin on it. Well, but it's, well firstly, we're, we're doing good under the stairs, hunkered down. Mm-hmm. We got uh, we got plenty of food and plenty of water, water filters, and uh, you know me and my family we plan to not even go to the grocery store. We made sure we were kind of stocked. We're gonna spend that next two weeks, if not the end of the month, uh, just just hunker down. And that's something I would uh, I would maybe suggest to people. You know, if you have enough food to get by for a couple few weeks, um, you know, during this peak. Uh, stay stay in your homes, stay safe, stay alive, you know, get get to the other side of this thing. Don't be foolish like some people are doing, being so careless. And uh, with that being said, yeah, there's there's a lot going on. You you wonder what the face of society or the world or the nation is, is going to look like when all this is said and done, you know, as far as the, uh, you know, the medical community, you know, they're, they're not able to handle it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's overflowing in the hospitals. Uh, we have such poor leadership in in the government right now. I know some people don't want to hear that, but you know that this thing's really gotten away. How how is this going to change the way? Uh, you know, the, the government might even be, or the economy, you know, mm-hmm. what, kind, what kind of financial shape are we going to be in by the time we hit the end of this? And, you know, even on a, a social, you know, you're seeing an awful lot of people now, if anybody out there listens to the spirit side or, or heard me talk about it, all this uh, conspiracy, and you know, that's going around. And <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's everybody. I mean, we have everybody from uh, you know, rock and roll performers to random people on YouTube to the media saying, hey, uh, we, you need to stop. You know, you're spreading false information. And uh, I heard, uh, you know, the guy, you you shared a couple of videos uh, on Facebook. Uh, him, it was Vic. Um, oh, uh, uh, Vic DiBetto. Yes. Mm-hmm. He even had uh, a video uh uh, me and my wife just watched a little bit before uh, starting the podcast where he was ranting about it, you know, the conspiracy theorists. And he said the same thing that I've been saying and that we've said on this show. He said, you know, it's it's like a cult. This, this, is, this is not a good thing. You know, and these people are forming like their own little uh, group, their own little, uh, you know, sub-society. You know, so how is that going to affect us? Because there's there's people that are ready to refuse vaccines even if they become mandatory they're ready to take up arms and go to the street i mean lord knows i mean there, there's so much involved in this whole situation you know with with the pandemic who knows what's going to stick to the wall and what and what's not by the time it's all said and done it's 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 concerning when, when you look at it and when you think about it yeah uh, I, I know uh, the show that I did today, I think, was one of the first things that I realized um, would change dramatically. And uh, as I said on the show today, on my Just Thinking show, and I would say suggestions, it's just, it's just 20 minutes to, to go take a listen to that for, you know, I'm not going to do a 20 minute show again on that. But one of the things that we've talked about on this show and I've talked about on my other show, Just Thinking in a scientific way is the fact that big corporations, uh, Andrew Yang, who's running for president, talks about it. Um, all, all the other, you know, high-tech people talk about it, are robotics, drones, and um, artificial intelligence. And we know that, uh, as we said on this show, governments want that for facial recognition programs, uh, to see what your behavior is like, where are you, all those kind of things. Um, uh, businesses want them to track your location, to see what you're doing. Governments want them for that also. But here's the thing. When you look at our country, now that we have this big shutdown and people can't get to work, uh, people can't do fat jobs in the factory. They can't do jobs in the service industry. They can't do jobs in a lot of other places. Well, what people have been unaware of in this country, but the presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, and, and businessman told people very clearly and people should know, is that big business, big corporations in America have been going full steam ahead for their plans for the next 15, 20, and 30 years. And all of those plans talk for the elimination of about 40 to 60% of human jobs to have those things replaced by robots, by Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, or by other things. And let me give you a couple of quick examples. Do you notice now how you can contact your 
local health care provider on the telephone? Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. You can just call oh, absolutely. up. Yeah. They weren't doing that three weeks ago. They refused to do it. They don't want to do that. That's old-fashioned telemedicine. Uh, you know how you take your money and put it in the ATM? Well, think of it that it's very easy to devise systems like you see at CVS where you put your arm in and you get your blood pressure taken. You put your finger in and you get a, a finger prick. Or you put your finger in or, or your prick in and you get it fingered. <laughs> you know? Or you sit down and see, you get an artificial finger that goes up your ass. And uh, what I'm trying to tell you is all the same things that your doctor can do can be done by, by telemedicine and by, de you know, developing these little kiosks. That isn't science fiction. Those things exist right now. If you go back on my show, just thinking, or and we brought it up here before, one of the big things that nurses were fighting and other people were fighting in hospitals is to have these very simple robots that go around and they do the work of nursing aides. They come into your room and they're designed to say, how are you feeling today, Stan? How are you doing, Paul? They even have faces on them so that people can anthropomorphize them, make them human-like. They anticipate your responses with the artificial intelligence algorithms. And what does that mean in English? It means that it's very simple for a programmer to sit and say, if I say to you, how are you doing, Stan? What are all the possible things that you could say? And here's all the kinds of nice responses that we can make. Uh, do you know how easy it is to do that for medical problems? It's called a decision tree, folks. We use them in psychology. Doctors use them all the time. Emergency doctors use them. It's called triaging. It's, a, it's how, you know, oh, the, the patient says this, then you do this. The patient says their throat hurts, then you check for this. It's a decision tree. Now, the reason that they use those, they use those for interns and residents. They also use them so that they don't get sued. When somebody gets killed in the hospital and somebody says, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. You, you, you follow what I'm trying to say, Paul. Am I correct? I'm not mm. being difficult for the audience. No. You no, can take these so. same things and, and do them the same way. So you call up a computer and the computer makes a decision of whether you have to come into the hospital or not. The computer decides if they give you an antibiotic. Not a human being. And, and you can really see that, you know, probably most likely going to be pushed forward. Absolutely. Because look at all the, look at all the doctors and nurses that have gotten sick, that have died. They don't have proper equipment. That's so, exactly you know, the, right. The mindset is certainly going to be, hey, if we have artificial intelligence, that can, you know, talk to these patients, treat these patients, uh, it will save lives for the medical staff in the future. So 
Yes. I, you can absolutely see that being, you know, implemented very, very soon. It's not only implemented soon, it's already in play. In you know, mm-hmm. we have them in American hospitals. And the show that I did, I was amazed when I when I did that piece of analysis. I said, well, let me do the research. It's going on in Spain and it's going on in China right now. The robot in China that brings meals, brings a water, brings clean towels and does a host of other things uh, so that human beings are not exposed to it is called Little Peanut. So check it out. It's called Little Peanut. In Spain, they have another one. In uh, America, it's a, something like a, a, a Little Mo or Big Mo or whatever it is. And again, they try and make it with a big friendly face. It rolls around and does all those kind of things. Any any kind of a job that's dangerous, dirty, repetitive, or whatever, a robot can be designed to do it. Now, th- the point is, this is not a show on medicine. This is a point on industry uh, saying, we're not going to ever worry about sending people home again, you don't send robots home. As a matter of fact, you don't have to worry about robots when you have a virus. You don't have to worry at all if it's a pandemic because a robot isn't affected by that. Mm -hmm. Robots don't take breaks. Robots don't get pissed off. Robots don't get tired. Robots work 24-7. Gabish? So what's the impact on the world that you live in? If you thought you were a drone now and marginalized, think of that in the future. You don't think that business with with these with these packages supposedly to help out Americans right now, business people are licking their chops again. This is like this is like that tax break from Trump on steroids. They're licking their chops how to get a hold of all of this money. You don't think they want to give that to you? They don't. You don't think that. I hope I'm not getting lost in the weeds here, man. This is like the Middle Ages. This is like feudalism. Mm-hmm. Businesses don't want to be. They don't want to be. They don't want to be dependent on anything. Business relies on predictability. So this is how the world is going to change. This is when you have a depression. When you have something like this, and we could be heading right into a major depression. I hope not. We're already in a recession, but we could, this could change things so much that uh, business is predatory right now. I'm not anti-capitalist uh, being a capitalist, but you have to be responsible capitalism. I, you know, you can't be a predatory capitalist the way that what we have right now. So businesses are going to say, what part of the workforce can we can we reproduce their job with a drone so we never get caught this way again? And I think that's going to create class warfare. And I literally mean that term warfare. I actually heard Stephanie Rule from MSNBC, a very liberal um, uh, oriented show, talking about that. If we go into depression, they really are frightful of class warfare. Um, I saw that. I saw that headline, I I think, uh, this morning or last night. I think it was from her. Well, this is how World War II started, folks. But in our country, I'm sorry to say, if it may sound like an elitist or insulting to you, and I'm, I'm very I'm apologetic, but that's just the way the world is. Nobody reads a friggin' book. Nobody cares about those things. That's that's how World War II started. The, the entire Europe became destabilized economically. That's that's what happens. It's as simple as that. 
after World War One and reparations and everything else like that, Germany and the other countries were so destabilized. The United States went down the tubes as well with money in the Great Depression. Other countries did. People in Germany couldn't buy bread. They were having wheelbarrows full of marks. The government was printing out money. They had nothing to back it up with. That doesn't make believe. Where, where are we getting all these trillions and trillions? We're not talking about billions. Trillions of dollars. They're talking now that it looks like this could this could easily cost thirteen trillion dollars in damages. Mm-hmm. How? Where's the money coming from for this? And I hope you don't think this is a political show, Paul. I'm trying to paint a picture, folks, of the landscape and look through history when there's been great destabilizations. You know, I'm sure there's going to be great opportunities there for some people, you know, to develop things. But for the vast majority of people, what's, you know, what's going to happen if this we get over the pandemic and it rebounds again or has an uptick again? Well, you know, so, uh, oh, go ahead with what you're saying. No, I was just going to say eventually people are going to say, hey, look, man, uh, you, you know, you either go back to work and take a risk on dying or see – you know, it's it's going to be about thinning the herd. The weak. Oh, people, absolutely, the, absolutely. Yeah, the weak people who who get affected, but you know, it people you're going to see the. This is what the president is is prepping you for right now. Can you imagine at any other? I don't know what anybody needs. Whether you have to take a reality pill, or you can see why people want conspiracy theories. They want to dream up stuff that they think that they have control over. And this they don't have control over. You have the you have the Surgeon General, an admiral, a handsome African American guy standing up there, an admiral standing up there the other day and telling people to take a, a, a handkerchief, and he showed you how to make a face mask out of a handkerchief and two rubber bands. This is 2020, folks. You have SpaceX flying to the, you know, taking people for space rides, projects to to Mars. And that's what you're left with in a pandemic. If you don't think that's comedy capers, if you don't, if you don't think that's every man for himself, if you don't think that's the basic for the basics for people saying, this is the world I live in. This is the, this is the care and attention that we're going to get. This is the society that I'm going to live in. (laughs) <laughs> i know it's it, it really is is that uh, too much of a rant or what i know i know i have a couple of face masks and i have a couple of pairs of gloves and somebody <laughs> says hey why don't you donate them to the people in the hospitals no i appreciate all the things that the people in the hospitals are doing i'm not giving those things at all not because i'm selfish anything but uh, i have to be both. able to defend myself but you know folks uh, everybody listening and, and this is something that I've brought up since the uh, inception of the people under the stairs, and we're we're about a year old now. We're we're yeah. getting up. Uh, I think we started uh, early April, uh, late March. So you know, hey, happy birthday to the people under the stairs! But that's it. <laughs> this is something that uh, you know, and I and, and I think people that have listened to this show uh, for any length of time have known that, that I brought up. Uh, is, is the globalist agenda that it's, it, you know, and this is where a lot of conspiracy theories come from, 
you know, they're always, oh, you know, when are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? You know, but but the problem with conspiracy theory is my rant on it is it it makes the actual truth of the situation look and sound so ridiculous that you don't pay attention to it. You know, your eyes are off the ball. You're not you're not watching. But these are people who, you know, called for this one world government, this one world currency. And I've said it not long ago. You, You can follow the paper trail of all these people that have asked the question, you know, how do we how do we make this happen? And especially with uh, the United States and Israel are the the two most difficult, uh, you know, uh, nations to, to get to follow along because they're, they're, they're so independent. And uh, there's all kind of talk about, you know, bankrupting uh, the dollar, uh, making the people so desperate that they they beg for an answer. They turn to the government and pretty much say, you know, we're hungry, we're poor, you know, save us. And then they can step right in and say, well, as a matter of fact, we got this plan on the back burner for this currency, this banking system. It's going to be all brand new, but you can get back to your lives and get back to prosperity. And, you know, is the government taking advantage of a good crisis right now? It very well could be. Governments are taking advantage of that. I have to interject that, and that's not getting enough airtime. But if you listen um, to, uh, and I'm not talking about conspiracy theorists, I'm talking about mainstream journalists, and mm-hmm. do your research in many authoritarian, um, you know, in many countries that have a kind of a blend of authoritarian, quasi democratic kind of governments, mm-hmm. you know, they're using this, these, uh, this, the, this period of time right now to implement all kinds of authoritarian agendas. Oh, sure. To grasp powers. Uh, William Barr, our attorney general, is trying to do that now in many ways. Yeah, that's why some people say, you know, it's it's coming to the United States and it it might. It's it's very probable. I mean, you got you got people like Bill Gates out there uh, and, and you can look this up that, you know, he's calling. He's been calling and calling for now a global government and mandatory vaccines, which contain uh, like micro tracking devices that are going to be injected into the person uh, with the vaccines. I mean, who the hell is this guy? You know, the the guy who created Windows is going to it boggles the mind what these people come up with. But they're all in the same bed. Because, you know, that's the whole thing about the globalist agenda or new world order, as some people call it. Uh, it really does, as you were talking about the uh, the politicians, uh, the big, rich, you know, business and industry people, the bankers licking their chops, wanting all that money, that, that global uh, government, that global system serves them very well because they get what they want. They get all the wealth. You know, we we pretty much live in a uh, a global uh, Russia. Uh, you know, at, at that point when when they were communists, they they tell you what you get when you get it when you can have it. Uh, it's not a free world anymore. And hey, they're they're for it. They are all for it. So is think- that what is that what the world could start looking like like on the other side of the pandemic? It very well could be. Very well, well could be. Well, I think there's another thing. We're talking about how society and how culture 
will change or may change. I think we've already seen that prior to the pandemic uh, with people being so neurotic and so afraid uh, of everything, uh, you know, so um, so um, emboldened by their ignorance and denial or self-centeredness, uh, the lack of, of, of aspiring to a, a lot of good behaviors or moral behaviors or behaviors that uh, embrace coping with things, succeeding with things, overcoming a lot of obstacles. We don't, it's, it's the age of um, IT people, of uh, people who sit there and when you watch a show, I, I, my wife would always say, don't you like this show on NCIS or this? I said, I'm so sick of seeing some computer nerd whipping out a nine millimeter. And uh, you're supposed to think it's cute that he probably or she probably has Asperger's and they're eating Pop-Tarts and they sit there and they're, you know, they're doing this on the computer. There he is. And he's walking down the block, all that kind of stuff. I don't identify with that. Uh, Am I making sense in this picture that I'm portraying here? You know, we, we have people who don't, Everything frightens them to death. They 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 can't think um, uh, of of how they can manage something like this. Uh, like when you look at this pandemic, when we talk about is, is the system going to go back? We're going to go back to the systems. It's shown all the broken elements of our system. There's nothing in reserve. There's no planning for a pandemic. Other people lie. People make up stuff. People blatantly uh, don't tell the truth and are allowed to get away with it. Uh, the the scientists may be giving scientific information, but I said to my wife today, this Dr. Fauci or Fucci, whatever his name is, the little gray-haired uh, fellow, very bright, the uh, the head of the guy, he tries mm-hmm. to tell the truth, but there's a thing in science called bedside manner. Jesus, pardon my language, I wouldn't want that fuck as my doctor. <laughs> He'd be coming in and saying, "Hey, Stan, you know this is," uh, and I'd say, "How am I doing, Doc?" You know, I I know that I worked in the medical field, the health field. You can tell people they have very serious issues, but you have to provide them some element of hope. Am I correct? You have to, yeah, yeah. to try and reframe things or tell them other things that are out there. You don't have to soft pedal anything, but at the same time, you outline some other positive. This is what what the hell kind of gig is this that we have now? A system that just tells you, hey, man, if you're over 60, we got to give you the bad news. Uh, you come in here, you're probably going to die if there's no ventilators. And you're going to die alone and no one's coming to see you. Mm. And uh, I, I want my student loans taken away because I'm a healthcare worker and I'm wonderful. Yeah, I know you're wonderful if you're a healthcare worker, but that's what you do, man. Every Christmas that I work for decades and all the times I'm getting kids off a roof on a cherry picker or whatever. I'm a healthcare worker. I'm being underpaid. Whatever. That's what I do. And I like to be appreciated, but hey, I don't have to have everything forgiven in life for it. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? 
If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. I know people are being very heroic, but that's what we're supposed to do for one another, right? Look at this environment that we're creating. We're, we're creating a cold, hot-hearted environment where, uh, you know, uh, it's... I think it's going to be very, very unhealthy unless there's some major shifts. I mean, people have to realize that everybody deserves health care. People have to realize that society, you know, owe, everybody owes something to one another and everybody has to contribute to society according to their means. Something fair for the good of everybody. And we're not doing that. And I, I don't, I, I, I think when this is all over, there, there's going to be massive unemployment. People are going to be directionless. They're going to, we're going to be out of money. And uh, I, I think it's going to be very bad news for a while. I think there's some opportunities there, but um, I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be almost like a modern version to me of the dark ages for a while mm -hmm. and then there'll be a renaissance period or something like that hopefully but uh is that too gloomy well i think the way people are going hopefully there will be a renaissance i mean this uh this isn't surprising to me uh, i got the internet in in 2003 and i, and I saw you know you, you first get the internet you're fascinated you go everywhere yeah. And uh, you talk to people from all over the world, the United States, Europe, Russia, you know, you become fascinated. You hear about these chat rooms, you go in, you talk to people. And mm -hmm. and by the time I met uh, Dorothy and, and, and we got married, I said, you know, there, there, there seems to be a, a growing mindset on the Internet with these people that, you know, hide behind the keyboard and they're. Uh, they're very angry. They're very ignorant. They're very cold. They're very judgmental. Mm -hmm. I said, and it, it seems to be growing over the, the Internet, uh, you know, like a plague. Uh, no pun intended. And I, mm -hmm. and I said and I and I told her back in 2008 and I said it before two, 2008. I said, I'm just wondering and I believe it will that this mindset is going to spread out into the world and people are going to be acting this way, speaking this way, treating one another this way in real time, in real life, face to face. Yeah. And here we are. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I, I, I almost had like that, that, that prophetic, uh, you know, intuitive moment. Like I know what's coming. You know, people are going to get more and more bold as, you know, because it was it was fed by political correctness. You know, mm -hmm. I'll say I, what I, I'll say, yeah. you know, and uh, people are going to get more and more bold. And, and pretty soon they're, they're going to step out from behind the keyboards. And this is going to be society. And now look, uh, you know, for those of you that love Donald Trump, but look at our president. Oh, God. He, he, he is atypical, one of those fucking assholes that would be arrogant, stupid, ignorant, cut people down, can't tell him a goddamn thing if it blew up in his face kind of people. Pardon all the swearing, but mm -hmm. yeah, I've been I've been a little uh, 
for the folks listening. Uh, I, I've been a little, uh, I've been a, a little annoyed at, at the way this is being handled, the way people are acting, the way the government is acting. I think it's such a sham. And um, me personally, I, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling overly optimistic about the future. If this is going to be our prevailing mindset. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's not surprising to me. And, you know, I, I don't mean to make it uh, a spiritual show, but uh, people that know me or know about me know that I'm a, a spiritual person. And I'm always just that stone's throw away of, uh, you know, talking at least a little bit uh, about the, the spirit side, if you will. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of folks from the way, way past that said this day would come. And uh, you can go back in some of those old uh, prophecies and words of the seers of old. And it looks like today's headlines dead on, you know, so not surprising, not not whatsoever. You know, that really um, that raises another thing. And it's not about the prophecies or religion or anything else. But it does have to do with science and philosophy and theology and and uh, all those fancy titles of things, which are other words for right thinking and right action and, uh, you know, right moral development, uh, you know, kind of like the Four Noble Truths or the Eightfold Path or whatever you want to call it. They were just ways that people had in organized philosophies or organized religions of saying, hey, you know, based on our observations, these are things that people require to have a good life, you know, right thinking right behavior, right perception, you know, whatever they are. And whether it's 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years in the future, they'll still make sense. And things like that now, we're, we're not doing any of those fundamental things. And I am a very hopeful guy about most things. And, yeah, I think all of this could change. Uh, we, could take, we could take this pandemic and have a one, you know, I hope somebody does. Uh, I don't see it out there, but I hope somebody does. We could take this and say, in every crisis, which there is, there's a wonderful opportunity. What an opportunity to go, do good for mankind, to do good for the country, to bring people together more. Will people? I do not feel uh, confident in that. And I'll tell you why. When I look out there and I look at the facts, and uh, I wish one of one of you know somebody listening to the show maybe wants to be on the show or share some information, make me feel better, uh, please, and correct me where I'm wrong. I would like you to tell me who out there in politics and business, uh, in the academic or scientific world, who do you see as a a really positive role model and an inspiring leader right now? Who? Bill Gates? <laughs> Jeff Bezos? Donald Trump? Uh, Barack Obama? I'm not saying Barack Obama is not a nice guy or wasn't a good president or whatever else there is, or maybe you think he's a terrible president. It's a very decent person. Is he stepping forward and, and saying, hey, man, you know, I, I, you know, I really have to throw this in. Is George Bush doing this? You know, is President Bill Clinton, uh, ex-President Clinton doing this? Or people say we're in such a dangerous position, we've got to intervene. No. Now, maybe they have some kind of information that I don't. But it's not the way that I think our country or the world 
can operate successfully. How about General Mattis and all these other people that have been in our administration? That have, Look at these nincompoops that are there. But then look at the rest of the world. Who do you see in business? I'm not, they're successful business people, a few. But who out there is a wonderful, benevolent genius that's looking to do something for mankind? There is, a, there is actually one name that comes to mind. Give me a name, man. I want to know. And I, and I think you'll agree when, when you hear uh, it's someone that's very easily overlooked. But I would present to you Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. Oh, I knew you weren't being serious. Yes, there you go. You got me. There you go. There's, there is America and the world in a nutshell. And, and maybe I've uh, seen too much bad news today or, I'm, uh, you know, so forgive me, folks. But this is the real time is our shows are unedited. They're not meant to sit there and BS you. There you go. I was telling somebody today, this is just like ancient Rome. You know how the you know how uh, the Caesars and the senators and the people in power kept Rome in order through bread and circuses. They would give the poor people and the uh, the average person, uh, you know, in the city, they would give them free bread, which is, you know, free food. That was the staple of life in those days. And they would give them free entertainment and the Coliseum. And it kept the lid on everything. And that's what the Joe, Joe Exotics are. The Netflix bin shows and everything else. Oh, absolutely. The stuff on the social media, the Facebook, the Twitter, all that kind of stuff. It keeps us happy. It keeps us bullshitting. It keeps us, you know, giving all kinds of our opinions on everything. And then nothing changes. The people in power, whomever they are, and I don't think their intentions are good. Their, their intentions are simple. They're to stay in power. But can, can, you, can you think of a leader, Paul? Can you think of a spiritual leader? Can you think of a world leader? I'm not saying there aren't some nice people out there, some decent people, but somebody who's inspiring, somebody who's a leader. Think of uh, years ago, you had Franklin Delano Roosevelt, or you had General MacArthur, or General Patton in the war, or, or Dwight Eisenhower, or Harry Truman, right? Weren't they leaders? President Kennedy. Mm -hmm. If you're Russian, you had Khrushchev, or you had other people, you had leaders. Whatever the philosophy. People who really, you know, had a, a view of things. You tell me, man. No, I, I'm I'm scanning my uh, my memory banks at the moment, and and no, there's there's nobody. And uh, the the thing that you said, you know, where uh, where where would be somebody like a Barack Obama, who a lot of people looked up to, and. You know, some people loved him. Some people, you know, hated him. But yeah, like you said, he, he was a very nice guy. But where where is anybody really stepping up saying anything? Nobody's saying anything. Nobody's doing anything. And every time somebody does something that's decent, like the captain from the ship, the uh, aircraft carrier, does the responsible thing, they fire him. Yeah, they, they pay a penalty. Yeah, every single person. The guy in well, the uh, hearings there who blew the, the whistleblower, who, you know, blew the whistle, Vindeman, the colonel, a war hero, Purple Heart, raises the thing about the president and says, hey, you know, this looks like a quid pro quo. Boom. Goodbye. 
Well, it, it happens in a society too. You know, it's yeah. People don't want to hear what's right. People don't want to hear what's true. And, uh, you know, again, I, I just go back to my previous statement about those uh, seers of old. You know, what did they say? You know, the day will come when, the you know, wrong is considered right and right is considered wrong. So that, that could be changing. It's already changing in our, in our society that, you know, what, what, what are old-fashioned values? What is morality? What is the golden rule? Uh, yes. What is somebody trying to step up and do the right thing? They, like you said, that they get slammed, they get you know persecuted, prosecuted, fired. There, there's no, uh, there, there just seems to be no, no limit. Well, there doesn't, and then people are introducing. We talk about how the world is going to be different. I, I think this thing with uh, these death panels. I keep harping on that one. I think that's one of the slipperiest slopes that people can ever, ever get involved with. I understand about physicians having to make decisions that are hard decisions as to who gets a piece of equipment or not. But when you have standing policies for that, man, we've already found out that that shit doesn't work. That's how you had the madhouses in Nazi Germany, the Manthausen, where they committed euthanizing people who had developmental disabilities. That's how we sterilized people in this country until the uh, 60s and 70s and mm-hmm. put them in massive institutions, took them away from their families, had places like Willowbrook. That's how you had a Holocaust in Europe or killed all the gypsies or gulags. Well, well, you know. I'll, I'll tell you and I'll tell the listener, if these uh, rich elitists uh, have their way and, and they get that, that globalist system, uh, that's what we're going to be looking at. I mean, you hear all these people, what a crime, what a terrible thing, you know, uh, Hitler did, you know, look, look how he, he, you know, he, he gassed the Jewish people. He, he euthanized, you know, the, the, the disabled people and wanted to get rid of the weak so the strong could survive. But then the, these people are going to turn around and they will do the exact same thing. It's, it's yes. it's already it's already in, in their policy for what they would like to do, and I think again this 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 could be just a nudge that takes that that one little step in that direction of saying, hey, you know what? Look what happens to society if if we have a pandemic. All these old people, you know, they're all dying anyway. You know, people that could have been saved, you know, didn't have the ventilators that they needed or the the treatment with that they needed. Uh, maybe we start. We need to start taking the old and the infirm and those with pre-existing health conditions and the disabled, and you know, uh, mercifully, uh, you know, putting them out to pasture, so to speak. The, the the great pasture, you know, beyond this world, it it could happen. It, it definitely could. You know, one thing we haven't even mentioned is the racial factor and the economic factor. Because what uh, we live in New York, Paul and I, for those people listening to the show are outside of New York or in other countries, we are the epicenter of the of the world now. Mm-hmm. With this, we have the largest number of cases in the world right now, the most amount of people dying and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that people forget is that in uh, downstate New York, as in California, as in Louisiana, as in other states that uh, the president doesn't seem to, to pay too much attention to, like he did with Puerto Rico 
when they had their problem with the uh, hurricane and everything, we have the highest percentages of states of people with color. And uh, I'm surprised that, that uh, more African-American individuals or other people of color aren't up in arms right now. Because uh, people of color routinely don't, uh, you know, uh, make as much income wise or have health care as good as, uh, you know, people who are uh, Caucasian individuals in our country. So if it's terrible for everybody right now and for Caucasians and people of means, how do you think it is for people of color who are people who don't have the means? Well, that's and, that's the thing, too. You know, that you, yeah. you hear you hear about this. No, you don't hear about or American Indians on reservations or dying in droves. I've I've heard a few people bring up about the the coronavirus, how it's hitting the, uh, you know, the the neighborhoods and the the places yeah. where it's people of color and they don't they don't have the health care, they don't have the money, uh, but nobody's doing anything. You know, I saw, uh, and, and you tell me if you heard anything about this. Uh, there was a black man in prison, who I don't know how he got the video out, but he w- he was crying for help in the prison because the coronavirus was running so rampant, he said, you know, this prison is going to become one massive grave if we don't get help. We need help in here. I haven't heard another word about it. No, and and think of think of how some people see that. They would say, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? You don't have to put, you don't have to tie up the legal system with these people. You don't have to incarcerate them. You don't have to pay for their aftercare. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people in, in jail that you're seeing uh, are awaiting trial in the legal system. Did you know that, Paul? They have yeah. all these ungodly waits. So you got somebody waiting for six months, a year, nine months, eight months, 12 weeks. You're not guilty at that point. You're awaiting trial. It's crazy stuff. You know, how are people going to take that when it's over? Or... Again, the changes to society, we talk, we've gone all the way from robots to the down and dirty with things. What are we going to do as a society when there's no more money left to pay for any of this shit? Because what's coming right around the corner is climate change. Mm-hmm. Storm season. You know, I'm going to end the show right now and commit suicide, right? <laughs> no, there's a, with these kind of things, man, if you don't if you don't really have leadership and if you don't have a vision, at least that's the, the point for me in this show uh, in terms of what's the world going to look. You have to have a, a vision of what it's going to look like because that's the way that's what you'll aspire to. And right now we have a, a freak show. It's like a ping pong ball. You take the ping pong ball and you throw it out there. It just keeps bouncing off of one wall. To, you can wear a mask this week. No, you can't wear a mask. This is a hoax. No, we're going to have a lot of death here. Think of what you've heard in three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. All the way from some stupid ass standing up there and telling you that this was all going to go away like a miracle when the weather gets warm. Well, I don't know about you, but I was outside today in my T-shirt. The weather is warm. And they're telling me that this is like Davy Crockett in the Alamo, the last stand. And think, and think about also the picture of uh, Dr. Fauci, who you you mentioned earlier, when they asked him a uh, asked him a question about the uh, experimental drug hydro. I can't even pronounce it. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, I don't. 
and uh, anti-malarial drug. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Donald Trump wouldn't let him answer the question. He stepped forward and told the guy asking the question. We've already answered that question 15 times. He wouldn't right. he wouldn't let, <laughs> you know, wow, that's that's leadership. That this is someone yeah. you look up to. No. Yeah. Well, I think for me, I think it's going to be uh, to, uh, to to sum things up as far as what I have to, I, I think, again, there's a terrific opportunity for people to say, hey, these are all the things in the system that have been broken over time. Now we have this wonderful opportunity to fix them. It's like if you have, um, it's like if you have a heart attack and it doesn't kill you. And people sometimes, and the, the doctor will come in and say, well, there's no real damage to your heart from this one, just a little bit. You know, or there's none at all, or you just had a blocked artery. You, it could have been a lot worse. And some people freak out and they say, oh, unlucky me. To me, I always viewed that by like saying uh, when I had my stent put in, I said, this is this is like winning the lottery. Why? Because A, you didn't have a heart attack. And B, now you can go on a, you know, a plan that, you know, now you know you have something. You can alter a whole bunch of stuff. Mm hmm. That bad situation that you had may have put 10 more years on your life or 20. <clears throat> My brother, your father-in-law, had a stent put in when he was 48. Mm. And I'll never forget. He says, what is this happening to me? This is terrible. And I, I swear to Christ. And I said to him, are you nuts, man? I said, I know that's a scary thing. I said, you're the luckiest guy in America. How can you say such a stupid thing? I said, because your veins and arteries, are, you're, they're all clear now, man. You could have had a heart attack six months from now. How old is your father-in-law? He's 80. Mm. That was 32 years ago, buddy. <laughs> I like being right. That was a no-brainer. So, yeah, this could be a very good thing if we demand it, uh, if we work towards that, if we have a vision towards that. But if we don't, I think the consequences are dire. That's it in a nutshell for me. I think it's yeah. going to—it's going to be some spinoff of a science fiction show that we saw, and then say, "You got to be shitting me!" Something along the lines of Soylent Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Between Soylent Green and 1984. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm really serious. I can picture myself like Edward G. Robinson, you know, the, the famous actor going in there with that little hat at the end, you know the. The, the, the lawyer, the professor, and he wants to end his life, and he's sitting there. He had his tomato, the, you know, and a, and a piece of celery. He couldn't believe it. He got some real food, and then he lays down, and they've got him in that beautiful field, that big uh, big screen, that the way the, the earth used to look. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Is that too grim, Paul? Well, it's uh, it's like they say in uh, one of your favorite stories, you know, are these the shadows of things that will be or might be? <laughs> yeah, what a good and, point. And uh, yeah, it's it doesn't have to be. We, we can sponge away the writing on that stone, on that tombstone, like Ebenezer Scrooge uh, wiped his name from the tombstone from the with the ghost of Christmas uh, future. But if we keep down this road, uh, yeah where the shadows are, are definitely not going to be in our favor. Oh, I love that analogy you gave there. You know, that's my, for those people who don't know, that's my favorite 
book and movie and uh, just thought of all time. It's if I had to take, you know, if it was the time machine with me and I had to take three books, it would be easy. Uh, I would probably no, I wouldn't probably. I really would. I would really take the Bible. I would take a Christmas Carol as number two. And number three would be a book, for, uh, some kind of encyclopedia or something. <laughs> but absolutely, what a good point. It yeah, is like it, yeah. Well, that's why it's such a great, uh, such a great story because there's so many analogies in in that. Uh, yeah, in I never that thought story. of that. How could I miss that? I, I got have been so caught up in uh, you know all the analysis of things and the shock value of things. Yeah, you know Dickens certainly. Uh, I I think he 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 has the answer right there. Doesn't have to be that way. You know, that's very hopeful, Paul. I'm glad we did this yeah. show. If nobody watches this or not, you can't watch the show, of course, but I just <laughs> want to put this out there. If nobody listens to this show, if it's only Paul and I, I had an epiphany based on what Paul said. It was all worth it to me. Yeah. Makes you think. Doesn't have yes. to be. They're just the shadows what... of the thing. Shadows of things that might be, they don't have to be. Yes. That's a, that's, this is pretty good, folks. You see, this is, this is what just thinking, the spirit side, this is what the people under the stairs is about. It's like, you know, if we were sitting around the house having some coffee, a glass of wine, a beer, I'd be token on the bong pipe. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be doing that. Would I do that, Paul? No. I'd be having some warm oval team. <laughs> well, Paul, do you have any? Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, you know, I for me, I feel that um, I, I feel that I've explored the topic as much as uh, you, you know I want to in this fashion. Yeah, I, I think we uh, covered a lot of ground. <laughs> we ended on. Uh, you know, uh, an interesting and, and, and more positive note than we started. And, um, no, I have nothing more to add. So I'll just do the, uh, the ending ablutions here that if you want to listen to my other shows, the uh, spirit side is here on the network. It's on Apple, uh, iTunes, um, podcasts or wherever podcasts are popular and listened to my other show, mystic fire, which is a more, uh, more of a spiritual uh, kind of religious show. I wouldn't say religious, but it, it's definitely a little bit more uh, deeply spiritual than the spiritual spirit side. If you'd like to email me, you can reach me at uh, nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, want to be a, on one of the shows or be on this show, you know, drop me a line. Well, very nice. And uh, folks, I just, uh, I know I'm uh, speaking on behalf of Paul, uh, his wife, uh, my family, uh, to, to all of you and your families. Thanks so much for, uh, for being a participant in our show and listening to the shows and everything else. And we're on a great new platform with a great new company that uh, you know, promotes the show all over the place. So you have uh, a wonderful opportunity to uh, listen on any platform. Or again, if you want to be a host, you'd rather want to be on the show. Get a hold of Paul and myself, Stan Wangland, S-W-A-N-G, 
L-U-N-D, at gmail.com. And give a listen to my uh, show, Just Thinking. Please and thank you. Have a very interesting show tomorrow called Are We Being Scared to Death? Uh, and it's a show of nonfiction, to be sure, With uh, in these times. Are we getting scared a little bit too much? I hope you listened to my show the other day called You Are Not Alone. That was a little inspirational piece I did. And uh, a lot of people liked it. And then a couple of other people said, that was a very strange thing that you did. And I said, no, I, I thought it was very beautiful. But whatever, you take a listen and, and see uh, how you like it. On, uh, on uh, Wednesday, I also have an interesting show. I just, these are in the can, so you might be interested in this. It's a really interesting show on binge watching. And I have as a guest on that show, the producer of our network on there. I kind of hooked him into doing that today because he's a binge watcher of shows like I've become. And we did a nice analysis on that. And uh, I, I think you'll find that very interesting. And you might want to go back, whether it's in Paul's show or the other shows uh, in our uh, platform. And, uh, you know, you can download all of the previous shows. We have just tons of them. I know Paul has a ton on the, on the spirit side. We have um, 60 or so on this particular thing. And on my other show, just thinking, I have uh, several, several hundred uh, on there. And uh, geez, somebody the other day just downloaded 176 shows. So they must have liked what they heard. So that's uh, that's kind of amazing stuff. So you have all these opportunities uh, to listen. And, and, and again, there's other great shows on the, on the platform. So uh, thank you again. And we will catch you next time on The People Under the Stairs. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wangland. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com that's at swangland at gmail.com and please continue to check out all the new episodes of the people under the stairs every wednesday and every sunday on the reality check podcast network <laughs>